Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's episode is brought to us by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, it was grieving the loss of my father, coping with chronic pain after surgery, feelings of inadequacy like my life should mean more than this. Go to BetterHelp.com. The service is available for clients worldwide. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is not the right solution for you if you have thoughts of hurting yourself or others. With BetterHelp, you can log in to your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Here's a review written by a user who struggled with depression, intimacy-related issues, self-esteem, and ADHD. Quote, Dr. Velasquez is great. She checks in frequently over chat, had good availability on the app, and has a lot of tactical methods to try which I appreciate. End quote. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's even more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available for those that need financial support. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Leo. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I also have a special offer for all BYKY listeners. That's right, for you. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash Leo. I've always wanted a slash in front of my name. Again, it's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P forward slash Leo, L-E-O, and enjoy your 10% off BetterHelp today. Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself uh, with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Hey, how are you? I'm glad you joined me today. Uh, This is going to be a doozy for you. We have Garen Jones, who uh, he has an incredible life story from homeless to uh, a major success and uh, serial entrepreneur attempted suicide twice, and uh, he he does share that story about uh, 56, seven minutes in, um, and but he's still here with us, but I'm just letting you know he does share exactly what he did, so if you feel like you're going to be triggered, um, that you might just want to skip that part, but I actually would advise you to listen to it because it's such a, a powerful, powerful story. Uh, because we don't stop there. We don't just stop at the attempt. We talk about the moments uh, immediately after, which uh, I think is of value. With that said, let's jump into the episode. You know, how are you feeling today, though? Like today, like right now at this moment? Like, did you get your workout in? Did you, are you hydrated? What you, what you, what you, what's your state right now? <laughs> so right now, my state is uh, it's in a state of elevation, in a state of continuous learning, um, tranquil, peaceful, um, excited. You and my wife are moving to Austin, Texas from, from Los Angeles. So there's like excitement, there's adventures, there's abundance, there's joy. There's so much because there's like ready available stimulation right now. Man, I love that. It seems like everybody's moving to Texas, especially Austin, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, uh, a, a lot of the the thought leaders and uh, and, and people who uh, are thinking outside the box um, are are moving in that direction. Is it is yeah family down there, or are you two just gonna be down there? Um, you know, trying to 
making new connections? Well, you know, I'm originally from Texas. I was born and raised in Houston. My family is in San Antonio, families in Austin, I mean, in Dallas. So, but I never would move back to those areas because I know why I moved away from it. And, but now we're talking about having a family. I know, and we know we don't want to raise kids in Los Angeles. Um, and I was like, man, where's a place that we can go that has that young, progressive energy? There's lots of like entrepreneurs and things like that, that is not LA, but still has kind of a vibe where I could still connect to nature and all cylinders pointed to um, Austin. And this is before we even knew that all these people were moving there. And, and just me being from Texas. And, and so then we went out to look, then we started doing research and, Rogan and and then uh, Apple is out there and and uh, there was just so many people. Preston smiles and Alexi just got a house there and I was like, "Yo, I found my people, found the community. It's not like it's a bunch of powerful people moving out there at the same time, and it don't take all day to recognize sunshine to me. So something that we're acting on." seems like a lot of people are pulling from that same deal and we're ready to go. So I love, I love that, that idea of like, it doesn't take all day to recognize sunshine. What song is that from? That's from a song, right? That's yeah. That was a uh, uh, common man. I, common, I, that was a line. That was a line that common had said, brother, have you read his book? No, let me write that down. I didn't even know you had a book. Let me, uh, man. I, I I was hoping you had read it because there's something in there. I was I was gonna uh, go over with you, but I don't want to ruin it because it's it. When I read it, I was like, "Don't tell me the movie." Yeah, I'm not telling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you got to read that book. It, it's uh, I, I mean, I just wrote it down right now. Yeah, because uh, I know you in the books, and and one of the books that that got you, you know. Uh, you know, out of the third ward, out of your car, uh, you know, now you're building a family, establishing these the uh, new tribes and, 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 and living a life full of fulfillment um, is the, the power of positive thinking. And by, no, by Norman Vincent Peale. Yes, yep. sir. And, and I want to I want to address this up front because there has been so much backlash on this idea of just think positive, just think positive and, and saying that if, if we're, if we're just thinking positive, we're not acknowledging the pain, the hurt, the suffering, and it, it, it keeps us on this treadmill. How are you interpreting this idea of positive thinking? How did you, how did you alchemize it so that it, it, it allows you to uh, optimize your body and, and your life? The crazy thing is that you, you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. So while I was in the frame of my life in the past, I was just reading this book because it just simply made me feel better about myself. I didn't I hadn't yet gone to uh, all these transformation workshops. I hadn't done all this deep traumatizing, uncovering all this stuff work. So I had a lot of results in my life. Uh, from a, from a, just what was going on physically in my life, I had a lot of results without knowing how I did it. I just knew every time I read this book, it, it feels like my brain is just calming down, and it's like a baby going gaga goo goo. It can't, it can only express himself so much until it learns how to say ball, cat, dog. So it wasn't until ten years later. Until, you know, you connect the dots looking backwards. It wasn't until 10 years later till I can be like, oh, well, that's why I was out of that situation, because I was thinking positive. But in order to, for someone to truly, this is not forcefully thinking positive, in order for somebody to truly think positive, in order for you to think positive, you got to think like there's brain cells in your gut. You know what I'm saying? So you're thinking with your whole every single thing. And when the essence of who you are being is someone who's looking for the positive inside of any situation, it's almost like the universe 
starts to show up in a way where, oh my goodness, that, that's positive. That's positive. It's all about how you attune your mind to see something. You see what I'm saying? Someone can cut you off in the road and you can curse him out. But when people cut me off in the road, I mean like, damn, I wish I had that passionate person on my team. And I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective. But before, when I was negative, I'd jump out the car, throw a Snapple bottle, and I'm ready to fight because somebody cut me out, cut me off. But how you look through the lens of your life will determine the ripple effect of the results and the way that they show up long term. Did you say throw a Snapple bottle? Oh, somebody <laughs> cut me out one time. And I had a full mango, which is my favorite flavor. Yo, mangoes. And I cornered, I cornered the person. I was so pissed off. I was ready to fight. And I took a full blown Snapple bottle and I threw it at the truck. And I was like, get out of the effing car. And I, and I thought about it. I was like, yo, I was ready to lose it all because somebody <laughs> cut me off and threw it a little, a legit full Snapple bottle. Sud, what I tell you, mango Snapple, that was my Gatorade. That that was my that was my water. Yo, let me tell you, son. The mango snap, you man, you couldn't tell me nothing. You get mad all day. Especially when you saw the like the, the little pieces of mango at the bottom. And so you hit it and you yeah. mad. Oh God. So I was that angry that I threw my favorite drink at somebody who cut me off. But the beautiful thing is, is I lived that mental lifestyle my entire life. It's no wonder I lived in my car and tried to kill myself twice and $200,000 in debt. The outside was only a reflection of the inside. So when I started thinking positive and that became my go-to instead of negative or being a victim, then the result of my life started to show up completely different. So when I say that, I'm coming from somebody who's actually lived it, and it's a night and day difference. Man, I, I, there's so much here I want to unpack. Uh, one, I could, I could steal. The detail of it, brother, that is hilarious. It wasn't an Aquafina bottle. It wasn't a (laughs) fully loaded Snapple bottle. Oh, man. I'm glad they're not a sponsor. I would have to edit that whole thing out. They'd be like, all right, (laughs) people are using Snapple bottles as weapons, and uh, it's a pandemic. Oh, my God. (laughs) A pandemic of people getting hit. uh, One, I love the passion I get, but uh, when you clap, I think you're clapping because of the passion. And it's, it's popping oh, on the mic. But, uh, I, okay. you know, so I want you to keep clapping. I love to put this, but if we could put some gloves on or uh, some. <laughs> some <laughs> um, oh, I got you. I'll play. Um, the, you, you talked about, uh, here's what I love about what you said. And I hadn't thought about this, and I'm glad you touched on this. The, the, the part of the power of positive thinking is not just thinking the thoughts but feeling what you're thinking. And if you don't feel it, then you have to reframe it until it it strikes a visceral chord with you, right? You can't just say, my life is going to be great. My life is going to be great. Life is great. Life is great. Uh, And and think that you're going to feel that. You have to find the the, the string of words, of, of positive words that resonate with you that, that you'll buy into on a gut level. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, that Neville Goddard, he, uh, are you familiar with Neville Goddard? I'm not. Look up Feeling is the Secret by Neville Goddard audiobook. He's like one of the first self-development people from like way back in the day. Like, this is the type, like, way, way, way back in the day, like, early, early, early 1900s. So Neville Goddard was one of the first people to, like, really um, 
make it relatable and reveal all of these secrets. And it, feeling is the secret when you think from the desired wish or from the desired word, you become the very nature of the thing where you're being the essence of it. And so, so everything that I do when I want something bad enough, I've got to feel it in my core to where I'm thinking from the, the, the dream or the wish or the desire or the prayer. How, how do you, how do you generate that? I think one of the questions uh, um, is what to ask for. And, and let me, let me, let me peel back a little further. Uh, for people who are listening in and they, they feel like they're a burden to the people in their lives. They feel like they're a burden to others, to their family, their friends, their community. How, how can we help them reframe that in a way that is powerful and positive for them? Or, or is it one of these things where you really have to discover that for yourself? Well, everything you've got to discover for yourself, but people can serve as reminders. Books can serve as reminders. Like, I learned not to give people the power and say, oh, you changed my life. And so when people tell me, oh, Garen, you changed my life. I'm like, no, I didn't. I showed you a new perspective for you to look at your life. You own that power. You changed your life. So um, for me, it's the frame of reference of how you see yourself. So if you're telling yourself the story of I'm a nuisance, I'm a nuisance, I'm a nuisance. Here's an example of how that can truly make every result in your life mirror those words of how you see yourself. When I was in middle school, high school, I tried to skip school and I tell my mom, and at the beginning of the day, I was completely well, completely well, nothing wrong. And I'm like, mom, I'm sick. <coughs> mom, I'm sick. She's like, okay, baby, you can just, are you okay? She'll knock on my door. <coughs> I'm sick. I'm sick. By the end of the day, I was throwing up because I spoke into existence what I wanted to be my reality without even knowing that. So if I could will myself into being, if I could manifest myself into being sick and throwing up in one day, what could someone cause in their life if they were saying since childhood, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. So when you have a myriad of all of these stories, they now create this invisible wall of fear that's difficult for you to go past because it's it, it's it's like a language. If I tell you to unlearn English and you've been speaking English your whole life, that would be difficult. So but what you would have to do is learn a new language. But in order for you to learn a new language, you would have to, if you really wanted to learn it, immerse yourself into the culture of that language. So if you've been telling yourself your whole life, I'm stuck, I'm not worthy, that's your form of language. So what would you have to do? I'm worthy. I'm, people love me. And until you tell yourself a new story, you're going to continuously recreate the story of your past. So you, now your future will be a recreation of your past instead of your future being a possibility of what you created in the future that will pull you towards that. Man. All right. So one of the things that is coming up for me is TV, movies, music, all these forms of media that are delivering us messages and, 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 and a language of a fear of scarcity of language say it again and it's all intentional and i i just realized uh because i used to love law and order svu and all these crime shows and i was like i'm, I'm just watching people being victimized and uh just abusers and victimizers and you take that message in too many times, you start to see the world as abusers or victimizers and or victimizers. 
So I stopped watching uh, those shows for the most part. I, I, I fell back into it recently. But it was something that I was aware of, and I, and I realized how taking in that message, those messages and that language was affecting how I navigated the world and how I interacted with people and, and how I also talked to myself and the energy that I had. When I watch uh, a, a documentary like, you know, like The Last Dance or something empowering, where you know someone is overcome. Dance was crazy. Man, I haven't finished it yet. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, we're on. Uh, we just finished. Uh, I think we're episode five. But yeah, uh, we could go into that. Uh, but I, I realized that the energy, the the vibe, the feeling that I have in my gut is so much different after I watch a documentary like that versus Law and Order or some crime series or uh, a horror movie, and and I think that we don't understand how much of an effect that has on how we move around the world. So I, I appreciate you talking about um, immersing yourself in a language, and, that, and that, that's from all directions, and what you're listening to, who you're hanging around, where you're going, and, and, and what you're seeing. How... Uh, what do you watch TV? Or if you watch TV, I know you talk about the Last Dance. What were your What were your takeaways from the Last Dance? So um, before we even get to that, I just wanted to share because you said something really powerful about what you listen to. So a lot of because you don't they don't teach you about the power of your subconscious mind um, in, in school. Um, they just teach you how to live life literally and. You know, you can listen to a song and play it, and then you play the song, you play the song over and over and over. Even if you're not trying to memorize the song and you listen to it just because you like the sound of it, for the whole next month, you're humming, ah, I just can't get that song out of my head. You're singing it in the shower, you're singing it in the car, and that's one song. Okay? So imagine what happens. You're listening to music that's not empowering you to move forward but it's it's causing a frequency for you to stay inside of your comfort zone just by way of thought okay well when i turned off my tv with the three hours because the, the the average household user in america uh watches tv three and a half hours but it's mindless tv right and we wonder why there's only 2% wealthy in the world and the rest will die trying to figure it out. Well, it gets you when you're kids. That's because a lot of kids watch TV. Now, when I turned off the TV and I turned off the radio, it caused me to start figuring out what else I can do with all of this time. And so I wasn't watching the news program anymore. Who do you, whose mind do you think they're programming? Those who watch it. So when I turned all of that stuff off and I started turning my mind onto the power of positive thinking, uh, The Power by Rhonda Byrne's Think and Grow Rich, my new song became their philosophy that I kept regurgitating. So if I just kept regurgitating the philosophy of how to build wealth, be healthy, build people up, um, build the, the masticator riches to life and all these different things. And those are my new songs. Well, guess what? My new dance, my new dance is acting out everything that I'm listening to. So I wanted to share that with you because a lot of people don't even realize what's happening when you're just having your kid watch this, watch these gun shows. Where do you think they learn how to do this stuff? when they're domesticated as children. So to share that, now going into Michael Jordan, I never saw what went on behind the scenes. I never saw, I just thought he was just a nice person. So I'm trying to emulate, emulate this nice person, now realizing nice coaches have never won a championship. They get there because you got to be a certain you got to be a certain kind of way for people to respect you and follow you. Not saying that you got to be an ass or anything like that. But what I learned about Michael is that I can't, there's a lot that he does and did that I can relate to on a smaller scale. 
And I was like, oh, I'm not so different. Let me press towards the mark. Let me keep moving. And it, 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 it just connected a lot of dots because I've never seen those dots. And it even directly impacted um, my leadership with my teams that I've developed all over the world. And they're like, man, there's something different about you. Then it's like, what'd you do? I was like, bro, the, the last dance. When I watched that with my girl, I paused it so many times so that we could have, we, we love to watch, you know, things like that and then pause it and have a discussion about, you know, different aspects of it. And, and what I love is the fact that, you know, Phil Jackson recognized that he had different personalities and everybody had their own process. The, the fact that he let Dennis Rodman go to Vegas for you know, a couple days because that, that's what he needed to, to, to be of service to the team. And, it, you know, and, and, and so it was a reminder that, uh, uh, you know, what it, re, it reminded me of a story because I think a lot of times um, a lot of people feel pressure because, you know, we do, we read these books and we have these mentors and they give you, and they give us the very st the strictest uh, idea of how to get from A to B, right? It's like you, you sleep right, you eat right, yeah. da, 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 da. However, there is a there's a room for twenty percent where there's um there, uh of an X factor. I I don't know how else to describe it or an outlier, but there's a piece that can't be quantified, that can't be explained. It has to it has to be uh in your gut or visceral or out the box. Uh, it has to go against the grain, and you know, i.e., I letting Dennis Rodman go to Vegas. Um, uh, what's his name? That uh, seven-time Mr. Olympia, uh, Phil Heath. Phil Heath was yep. competing uh, and would come in second, third, and, and couldn't figure out why he couldn't crack the code. And so he goes uh, the, the night before the the competition of, for Mr. O. Uh, he goes into the room. I think it was Ronnie Coleman, and he's like, Ronnie, I don't. He's like, I'm doing all the right things. He's like, What do I need to do? And he said, well, the problem is you're doing all the right things. He's like, go ahead and, and have some of this. He said, have some of this vodka with me. And, of course, you know, Phil Heath, uh, he's squeaky clean. He does all the right things. He's like, I don't drink. He's like, I, no. He goes, that's why you're not winning. And he, and he said, trust me, have a couple shots of vodka and, and see what it does to your musculature. Uh, because part of Phil uh, Heath's problem was he was coming in looking strong, but he couldn't maintain the vascularity throughout uh, the competition. And so Phil, he said he kicked back a couple shots uh, and he and he won the next day he came in first. And, um, and sometimes, so my, you know, part of my point is I'm not saying for the listeners to go out there and have a drink or have vodka. That's not the message at all. The message is that you're, you're going to have mentors, books, teachers, people telling you how to get from A to B and you, you want to follow that, but you want to follow like 80 to 90% of that because there's a voice. There's something that has to be, that's catered to you, right? When you go to a, a, a shirt to get fitted, he's taking your measurements. He's not taking someone else's. He's not asking uh, what someone else's measurements are. He's taking yours specifically. And so you, as much as you want to listen to uh, the, these external uh, uh, the books and the mentor. Like there's, you still have to tap, tune in and tap in to that little voice inside of you that that's also yeah. giving you some direction. Don't, you know, don't give everything over uh, to to everybody. I hear you saying, yeah, and I, I feel like you resonate with that. Do you have an example of a a story similar to that? Man, that little voice. What people think is a little voice is actually a really loud voice. It's just covered <laughs> with a bunch of BS with a bunch of stories, with a bunch of made up things. And then once you remove, once you, re once you remove what you know, deep down inside, you don't want, you will see that that voice is actually a really loud voice and it's giving you the steps ahead. So I'll tell you, there was, um, 
there was one time that I have, it was my ex-girlfriend. It was in 2011. And she sang, oh, I want to go to the Santa Monica stairs, which is like at the time it was raining and it was traffic. So it had taken an hour and something to get there. And we were right next, right, right next, next door to the Runyon Canyon, where in my mind it was the same. And, and she was like, please, I just want to go to Santa Monica stairs. And I'm, you know, I'm in the past. I'm like real hard headed. When I don't want to do something, I want to do it. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, no, I don't want to do it. Please, no, please, no, for like an hour. Finally, this little voice was like, do the hard thing. And I could, I was like, what was that? And then finally I said, okay, fine, we'll go there. So when I listened to that little voice and it said, do the hard thing. The hard thing was driving in traffic, driving in rain, going to a place I didn't want to go. And on the other side of that was door to more. Because as soon as I got there within five minutes, I met my now mentor who introduced me to the healthy, active lifestyle and a business opportunity, which was my beginning bread and butter that had me get out of my um, my my car, retire my mom and all these different things. Had I not have gone there, I would have never met that guy. But if I hadn't listened to that voice that says, do the hard thing, it was almost like there was a blessing on the other side of the thing I did not want to do or the hard thing. So there is gold at the end of the rainbow, but most people give up before they get to the end of the rainbow. There's this guy, Andrew Huberman, you know, talking about giving up before you get to the end of the rainbow, that that feeling of uh, anxiety, that agitation that that uh, some people might have, um, that that's that's where the real work begins, right? That's that's when we're really making a difference. It's when it's easy, like you said, like when it's easy, uh, there's there's no growth in easy, but but when it's it's when you start shaking a little bit. Uh, Albert Camus, uh, I, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's Camus, C A M U S. He said, "Life should be lived." to the point of tears. And, and I truly believe that uh, there's, there's something because then your emotions, your gut, your body is into it. And, um, and, and you're right. There's something about uh, stretching a little further than you usually do that, that promotes growth. Uh, it's just like in the gym. I know right now you're training for the Olympics, right? Are, are you, um, are you still training for that? Cause I don't even know how they're going to do the Olympics. So uh, what, what's the status on that for you? No, so I was I was training for the Olympics, and right before I got a, over the hump, I had a motorbike accident. And then right as I was getting well, you know, there was like a series of things that happened. Then I was doing some CrossFit because it was hard to run, and I injured my shoulder, injured my wrist, you know. And then as soon as I was getting better and I was, everything was, you know, even even though they discontinued the 2020 Olympics, I was still training. And I was like, I'm training for the life. I'm training for the Olympics because it's not the specific position. I'm training to be the kind of person that could win the Olympics in every area of my life, which will also have me win the Olympics. And um, that's when Corona, uh, you know, that's when the the quarantine happened. And, and, um, you know, now I'm just now getting back to running again. And so, but at during that time when I was training, I wasn't thinking about getting married or having kids. So now my new Olympics is how do I build the best possible environment to bring my kids in? That's my new Olympics. Man, that is... But it's still going to require this. That's still going to require the same level of yes. mentality and training because we, I don't want just a marriage. I want an exceptional marriage. I don't just want a family. I want an exceptional family. And that will require me to be exceptional. So now I don't train for the muscle. I train for the discipline. And I can take that discipline and spread it and put it. It transfers to anything that I, that I want to accomplish. But I want gold medal results in every area of my life. I know there's some people listening in who 
are thinking, oh, well, I, why didn't you just have positive thinking to, to, to heal yourself? Positive thinking didn't work for you. And, and I, I, I want to applaud you for sharing what you shared because it's an example of the power of positive thinking in terms of you're training for the Olympics, injured, injured again, and then you reframed what the Olympics meant for you. It, it, yes. A lot of people would have been destroyed by uh, putting in all that work, effort, time, I'm sure you, there were people that you may have felt like you let down and disappointed uh, who, who were part of the team and, and helping you uh, train for the Olympics. And, and then that happens, and then you say, no, no, I'm, I'm, this was all for my family. This was all for the move because that's going to require a level of alertness, a level of physicality, uh, a level of emotional uh, agility, um, uh, in order to not only make this move, but to stick the landing and, and then to thrive where you move to. And, and because of, like you said, the, the characteristics you built and developed in training for the physical Olympics, it's, it's now transferable into this move. Uh, because we know that a lot of uh, athletes who have competed in the Olympics and they, they do get a medal, uh, there's a, um, I forget what they have a specific name for it, but they go through a period of depression because it's, it's like climb, 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 build, 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 climax, and then um, they don't really have anything uh, after that. You they don't know? have any more outlets. Yeah. They don't have any outlets. And Yeah, so ultimately, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Ultimately what? So ultimately what I was able to, to do is look at the construct of my life and it's like well, what kind of person would get a gold medal as a husband it ain't gonna be the person who i am now so what would i do if i wanted to be a gold medalist in the 2020 olympics i would have a coach i would do research i would study, I would practice, I'd be disciplined with my diet and everything. Okay, cool. Transfer to husband. All right, cool. I need to have a coach. I need to do research, talk to other successful um, successful husbands on what it means to be a husband in their family and, and learn my style and all these different things. So if I'm not doing that, then I must not have wanted the gold medal. I want the gold medal, but I want it in every area of my life. It means that much to me. And because it means that much to me, I am willing to go anywhere and everywhere to, to obtain that. That's, that's, that's what I want. How do you uh, recharge? And, and, and so I'm asking you this. I, you know, yesterday I was just realizing, like, I'm very good at go. I'm, I'm very good at getting up, getting moving. I have nothing keeps me uh, in bed. I'm, I'm, I'm all about forward movement. What I realize where I struggle is how to, how to, how to recharge in a nourishing way so I can get back into it. How do you, how do you recharge? What's your, what's your downtime look like? You know what? (laughs) I am probably the most perfect person to ask that question. Um, I've always been told to leave the past in the past. And I want to rebuttal that. Don't leave the past in the past if you didn't get the lesson. Because there's treasures in your past that are trying to give you uh, up-level, a power pellet so that you can navigate through your future. I was in prison from 2003 to 2005. Uh, I got busted for smuggling drugs uh, in in Europe, and I was serving a 12-year sentence. And I wrote 100-something letters to my quote-unquote friends, and only four people wrote me back. Well, in that time, I realized that no one was going to save me, and so that I could learn how to love myself and save myself, but also inadvertently, I developed an extreme amount of patience because when you're an inmate overseas, 
the people that are locals, they get mail every single day. My mail took four, three to four months because they had to screen everything. Three, two months to go out, three months to come back. So I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. Then I learned how to be extremely patient. Okay. So now take this patience and now having the awareness that I'm the most patient person in the world. Put this into present date. Now we're in present date. Okay. Well, while I learned how to be patient, I also learned how to intentionally fall asleep. I also learned how to meditate. I learned how to write out my dreams. I learned the power of prayer. I learned the power of silence and simply being with myself because I was sitting in a cell with myself and all I had was time. So I had to learn how to be with myself. So fast forward. Now, coronavirus comes. Everybody's pandemic. Oh, my God. I just don't, it's just, they go crazy because they have never learned how to be with themselves. So they got to do all these things. Well, in the power of you simply just being without doing is the truest essence of who you are. And inside of that being, once it becomes a habitual, it's, uh, once you learn how to just turn on that switch of you just being and you sit in silence for at least five times, I mean, I mean, for at least once a day for five minutes and try to think about nothing, that, just that right there for the next 90 days will, dr- will drastically alter the course of your life because you'll slow time down. Time isn't moving fast. You're just moving. You're moving fast because you're thinking you're running out of time. But you slow, you slow time down by mastering your breath, by mastering, mastering your state of beingness, and then mastering the, the power of simply being calm. C-A-L-M. So without getting super scientific, silent, breathing slowly, listening to your breath, travel through your body for five minutes a day without, okay, I got to check this email. I got to do this. I got to do this. This will actually slow everything down. And if, I don't know if you're a fighter, but I was in martial arts for 15 years. If you just get up there with somebody who's, brain is not coordinated with these kicks and fights they'll it'll seem like they're coming really fast but once you start training yourself uh, and your anticipation actually slows everything down it's the same thing when you're in a car you're driving next to a car 75 miles an hour y'all are like you're going slow but if you're standing still that thing is blowing by you our life is the exact same way. So if everybody's just always on the go, on the go, on the go, that means time becomes your God and time has control of you. But you master time when you can master the state of your own breath, your own silence, and the ability to be calm at any point that you want in, uh, throughout your day for at least five minutes. Right. I meditated right before this podcast. Because <laughs> I, I knew you was gonna, <laughs> I knew you was gonna bring the the the, the tranquility the calm the clarity and uh and, and I wanted to feel grounded throughout all this and uh it's that it's such a challenge to be able to sit with yourself I, I think part of it and I've mentioned this before is that it was always used as a punishment when we were kids if you if you yes. if you did something wrong go sit in the corner and and don't say a word and just be quiet. And so we we um, we uh, learn to associate being by ourselves in the corner quietly with we've done something wrong. Uh, wow, that right? is crazy. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy because I used to imagine, I used to think of all kind of things when I was sitting in the corner. You because I was so used to being bad and thrown in, into a corner, and you you got to go do this. But it was like that was the place 
where I did the most thinking without even knowing that. So thank you for sharing that with me because I get to unpack that in my own life. There are so many people who struggle with sleep. You know, when we, my, 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 you know, my girl uh, was just telling me, she's like, you're a completely different person uh, if you haven't had a nap. Like, uh, I, I get a good night's sleep, but always I, I, I need a nap. Like, it's just in my DNA. And if I don't get the nap, I you could it's um it's it's Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. It's not good. Um, and w- do you have a sleep protocol? You talked about writing down your goals. What what are the things you do before bed? Oh man, now this is crazy. So, um, you know who, um, you know, uh, Rob Robin Sharma. He did the five a.m. club. I know that name. I'm not too familiar with his work. Okay, so Robin Sharma has a book called The 5 A.M. Club, and it's about, you know, how to alter the course, like really automate your life in a way that's systematic so that you, you know, like when you, you, you go into a car and you turn on the engine and the engine takes 10 times the velocity before it settles into the drive. But humans, we wake up, grab the phone, grab the electronic and everything. So you just become, that's like becomes your master instead of you having your own power and allowing everything else to benefit from your power. So Robin Sharma, he stated, and this is something that I practice every day. It's called the 20, 20, 20 formula. Now, when you're sleeping, that's when your cortisol levels, which is your, your fear hormone, uh, which is also the pressure that you feel that like keeps you in bed when you don't want to get up. So it's that is its highest when you're the most tired and when you wake up. So what you do in the 2020 formula is within the first 20 minutes, I've got to meet that resistance with even something stronger. So as soon as you wake up, toes hit the floor, do 20 minutes of intense exercise, not for my daily exercise, but this is my process of turning on my car's engine. So when you exercise, you're, um, you're, you boost your serotonin, which is the molecule in your body that causes you to be happy. So you, when your serotonin is boosted and you push past and lower your cortisol levels, you're already ahead of the game um, for your day. So as soon as I wake up, I do 20 minutes of intense exercise. And then right when I'm done with that, I go into 20 minutes of, of, um, affirmations or writing a letter to God or, um, unpacking my day and from yesterday and things that I'm working through, but it's all about getting this stuff that's inside up and out because we weren't created to be kept keepers were created to be givers so i had to give it up and out 20 minutes later then i minutes of growing my mind so if i'm working on a project if i'm reading a book my number one goal is to learn one new thing so imagine you go 90 days with the 2020 20 formula i've learned 90 new things it's already programmed it's it's a formula that right there has supported me with 10 times better sleep, with with, um, the way that my brain processes things. I don't fall asleep in front of people's faces no more because inside of pushing past that morning thing that wants to keep me in bed, I also develop my willpower. And the stronger your willpower, the better your discipline and the better your focus. So it's called the 2020 formula. You can look it up on YouTube and I just follow that every single day. Yo, know, I love that. And I have a, cause I have a similar uh, protocol in the morning uh, and I also transfer it to nighttime, but I call it the daily germs, uh, J E R M S and it's journal exercise, read, meditate, and then self-talk. And I, I play with the times of it. Sometimes it's three minutes of each, 20 minutes of each, five, you know, or, uh, but uh, those are my progressions. And sometimes um, if I'm having like one of those days where I'm just feeling a, a bit more anxious than others, I might click through those progressions a few times uh, throughout the day. I like, maybe I should go back. Maybe I need more journaling today. Maybe I need more exercise. Maybe I need more 
I need to sit down and read more. But but those are my my five anchors uh, that that help keep me grounded. So uh, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think that uh, a lot of people don't realize the benefit of of exercise. And if and if you can wake up and exercise outside, um, uh, that's a that's an added bonus. And if you can wake up and exercise outside with a group of people, that's a that's a triple bonus uh, right there. Because then you get an oxytocin, the serotonin, the endorphins, all these other chemicals that we usually try to get through pills, prescriptions, uh, food, sex, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there's so many natural, healthy ways we can get those drugs we're trying to reach for uh, in otherwise maladaptive ways. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love it. And I love that you have your own practice. My my thing is, is sometimes people will do the thing that I do. And it's like, oh, it didn't work for me. And I'm like, listen, try all of them. The, the, the key is to find something, the process that allows you to truly optimize yourself, to be a full expression of yourself starting in the morning. Because however you start your morning, however you go to sleep will determine the character of your morning. And whatever your morning is, that'll determine that literally your attitude throughout the day, unless you have a unless you have something that just wakes you up out of that. But it's like creating your character at night will cause you to either be on the defensive or be ahead of the curve throughout your entire next day. You just got to find, you got to find a way and find a method that works for you. Are there moments uh, when you do feel a bit overwhelmed? Uh, where you where you go, I, I need to step back from. Because sometimes our our routine, uh, at least I found for me, can interfere with my growth. Um, and and there are times where I just have to let go of everything, and 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 maybe not start over, but come back to it uh, for some reason. But uh, for you, uh, if you if you do experience feelings of overwhelm, how do you process that? Or, or if you do. So I'm a big, huge fan of words and giving things new meaning. And when I give things new meaning, I respond to them differently. And so when I used to say, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm, oh, I'm overwhelmed, it would come with this negative connotation. But when I learned how to say I'm in high demand, I noticed myself responding to it differently. Now, what I, the way I look at it, but this is the way I, I even approached being 40 years old, training for the 2020 Olympics, and being one of the top runners in the world in my age bracket. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Here's the mentality I took. When I was younger, I used to say, oh man, I can't stand coach. He's given us hard practices so hard. Now, whenever I'd see the practices, A week ahead of time, first thing I would say is, thank you in advance for making me better. Thank you for making me stronger. I'm so grateful. So when I was hurting in practice, I wouldn't say, oh, my God, this hurts. I was like, thank you so much. Thank you for making me better. Thank you for making me stronger. And I'm meeting those words with gratitude. And gratitude is the glue that holds life together. So when I feel overwhelmed, I will not acknowledge that with that word because the word, just even the word overwhelmed doesn't have any, it doesn't have a positive connotation to it. So when I say, I am so grateful to be in high demand, I'm so grateful to be stretched so that I could be able to sustain at the next level. That's why they don't put first graders in fifth grade. You've got to pass tests along the way. And if this is what you say that you want, and this is, you know, you, you say what you want, I feel like the universe gives you the shape, the, 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 the tests, the triumphs, the opportunities to overcome so that you can develop and cultivate into the kind of person that deserves to be at that level. So when I'm clear on the level where I want to go and I'm locked in, I know that every Thing that comes, whether I feel quote unquote overwhelmed, is a part of that process 
But just by way of looking at that different, I'm like, let's go. Thank you so much. So I just reframe it. And that's what allows me to push forward. Same thing has happened in the relationship with my wife. You ever try to freaking be married to somebody that's equally as powerful as you, if not more powerful? Most difficult thing ever. However, I know what game I'm playing. So I'm like, thank you for making me better. Thank you for making me stronger. I want to peel back the layers a little bit. And because you, you talked about how you attempted twice, what were the things that pulled, what pulled you out of that at that, at that moment? Was it, was it a phone call from a friend? Was it the, the thought of uh, a relationship? What, what at that moment moved you forward? Honestly, when I, I, so I, I tried, I tried to kill myself twice. The last time I tried to do that, I went in the middle of a busy road and I didn't even know a reason for living. I, I, I wasn't exposed to that kind of, um, and I didn't know a reason for living. So, um, I, I laid down in the middle of the road and for some reason I didn't get it. So it didn't pan out how I wanted to. And you know, the thing I said was, I can't even do that right. So it wasn't a friend. It wasn't by way of, it wasn't that because I literally tried and that didn't work. And, so you're laying in the middle of the road. You don't get yeah. hit. You start to. And get I'm trying. I'm trying to get hit. You're trying to get hit. And then you you say I can't even do this right, and you, you go to get up. What what are you thinking then? What, I mean, what what's your next step after that? Like, do you go? I got to go get help. Do you, I'm going to so go I get a, a a burger? Like. Nah, I was just so numb with the emotion, man. Like, even in this call, think about this. The way that I'm living my life now is it's high velocity. I can still maintain my peace, but it's still high velocity. Now, imagine that the other side where everything was pointing at negative. Thoughts, victim, everything. Blaming, everything. So it was going, just as fast as it was going up, it was going down with a rocket ship. So... When that happened, it was so crazy. I'm laying down in the middle of the road. I was, um, it was the, there's a 24 hour fitness by my house. Um, now, but it was a 24 hour fitness that I parked in the valet section. Didn't have no money, but I parked in the valet section. And after that didn't work, I went to my car and someone had broken into my car, stole my computer. St- and I was like, oh, like, it just, but it was at that point where I kept saying, can it get any worse? Can my life get any worse? Can it? And it just kept getting worse. And I remember saying, well, maybe I should stop saying, can, can it get any worse? So. Someone broke into my car. That happened, right? And then next thing you know, I got scotch tape on the car uh, where the where they broke into the window. And then out of nowhere, I know where it comes from now because I believe in the higher power, higher power. I believe in God. But I got an anonymous PayPal message that said, I believe in you. Keep going, $1,400, which was the exact same amount I needed to pay off my 12 or 13 traffic tickets. And the very next day, like when I got my car out of the, out of the deal, I, I was going with this money. I said, I can use this money now. I can go pay off these tickets. Let me go do what's right. I'm going to pay off the tickets. I got all this money and a cop. Stop, stops me. When I tell you, it just kept on happening over and over and over. A cop stops me one block away from the Superior Court where I was going to pay off all the traffic tickets. 
And then he was like, you know, your license license is suspended and your registration is past due. And I was like, please don't take my license. I was like, I'm going to pay everything right now. I had like three or four trash bags uh, of my clothes because I was living out of my car inside of my car. The cop takes my car and I was left in a Denny's parking lot that was one block away from where I was going to pay everything. And that that point, I dropped to my knees and I just started bawling. I just started bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. And to close this out, when I got my car back, because they, they impounded my car, my mom paid for it. The day I got my car back, that is when it was August 2011 at 3.43 in the morning. I just broke down and I was crying and I said, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people. And I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Just show me a sign. Show me a sign. And a week later, that's when I met the homeless guy at the at the at the gas station. And, uh, you know, I've always heard that, you know, I wouldn't take advice from somebody I wouldn't, you know, trade places with. But life had stripped me so much to the point where. I would even trade places with the homeless guy because he had more money than me. And that's when I realized that a message could actually come through anywhere. And that person said, change your mindset, change your life. And that one philosophy is what led me to the place where I'm at right now. That's the name of my book. That's the name of my company. Uh, it was However, you, the results that you have is because the way that you're thinking. So what if you change the way that you're thinking? That's the whole concept of change your mindset, change your life. What uh, a perfect place to end this. Uh, Garen Jones, is there is there anything that we haven't discussed uh, that you feel would uh, be of value for our listeners in terms of changing your life mindset or any type of strategies or, or, or tips or tools that you could have for them? The perfect amount of money, the perfect soulmate, perfect woman, perfect guy, perfect job, everything that you're looking for has to do with the way that you see yourself. It's all inside of you. And as soon as you see it in you, that's when your mirror will show up. Last question I ask this of all my guests, because I always imagine if there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of ending their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them, Garen? I would actually sit with them and I would just have, I would have a conversation. I want to know you, I want to know about you. Because when I was there, all I wanted was somebody to listen, listen to what was underneath and just listen. So what I would say to somebody that's on the precipice is if you need somebody to listen, you want somebody to listen, like really listen and just be there and listen. Because that person is always going to be there if you really want it. And you are here for a purpose and you're still being worked on. I love that you're still being worked on. Thank you so much, Garen. Uh, remember, listeners, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or the 1-800-273-TALK or the other uh, 10 numbers that are listed in the show notes, in all the show notes. Uh, they uh, There's talk, there's chat. 
there's groups, there's, uh, they're anonymous, um, and they're international numbers. Cause I know I have listeners in Canada and England and Ireland and Australia and, and other parts of the world. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for, for tuning in. You can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Garen, please plug all your things. Where can people find you? You can find me looking at yourself in the mirror because we are a um, reflection of one another. Um, but you can find me on my website, which is garenjones.com. Uh, my Instagram, which is garen.jones. Uh, um, my book is on my book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, is on Amazon and English and Spanish and paperback and, and uh, uh, Kindle. And um, you know, my wife, we also. Uh, just opened up a uh, cafe and it's called Panda Corn Cafe on Instagram. So you can find find me and her on there as well. Selling some protein donuts. Man, I'm all about them protein, man. That, listen, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> right there. We talked about Snapple. We're talking about donuts. We, we're going to we have to break yes, bread sir. together one day, brother, over, over some Snapple and donuts. For sure. <laughs> uh, thank yes, you so sir. much. The listeners, Let's thanks do. a lot, Garen. All right, thank you so much for the opportunity. Remember, today's episode was brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is not a crisis line and wants you to start living a happier life today. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals or feeling connected, go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo now. Enjoy your 10% off and start moving closer to happiness and thriving today.